Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. Free speech is under assault like never before. Freedom is under attack more now than ever before. Because radical doesn't mean crazy. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15. With the help of the media, big tech, and the global elite, the left is attempting to seize control of my generation. It's time to fight back. It's time to let freedom ring. Hello, welcome back. This is Noah Ring. This is my show live across the country and put up on the podcast feed after it's done. Now, we have a lot to talk to. Haven't been on air in a while. Have been rumoring that I've been coming back for a while. And here we are back on the airwaves and a couple of stations across the country, wherever you're listening. If you are listening, go ahead and email me, noah at noahring.org, and tell me what station you're listening to me on. But we have a lot to talk to today. Talk about today. We have some great guests coming on later this week. And uh, I just, I'm, I'm excited to be able to come back and share things with you. We're building everything up. We got some good things coming soon to uh, to a station near you, to a uh, to the airwaves. Again, if you're on the podcast, go ahead and subscribe and give me a five-star rating. But nonetheless, we have a lot to talk about. A recent survey conducted by Rasmussen reports asked U.S. voters where they put the blame for mass shootings. Here's what they found. A, a plurality, which means, you know, the most but not a majority, 40% blame mental health, 30% blame firearms, 10% blame family problems, 10% blame social media, uh, 4% blame school issues. Now, here's the fact of the matter, right? So 40% blame mental health, 10% blame family problems, family problems, and 10% blame social media. Now, social media and family problems kind of just ties right into um, the idea of this being a mental health problem, which quite frankly it is. I was listening to... Uh, I can't think of his name, but he fills in for Sean Hannity from time to time. And uh, he was saying that from like 1900 to like 1970, there was an average of four mass shootings a year. Uh, from 1970 on, there's been an average of like 25 or so in the U.S. And the reason is, and you may find this you know, to be the case, and it's pretty simple, in 1969 or 70 um, is when they quit putting people in institutions. They quit putting people who needed mental help in institutions and instead left them you know, with the general population, put them in jail um, instead of getting them the help they need. Because I think we can all agree to take the life. I think a mass shooting is classified as like three or more people shot at one time. To take any life, let alone the life of a school children, uh, who have done nothing to you, and I, you know, not that it's justifiable, but you know, if a if a high school student who's been bullied his entire like life, if he shoots up his high school, that's somewhat. Un- I mean, I can somewhat understand, right? I'm not saying it's justifiable, and I'm obviously not condoning it, and you know, obviously it's evil. It's overwhelmingly evil. But at least that makes sense. But then we get to what happened in Uvalde, 
And first and foremost, I want to be honest. I back the blue. I 100% back the blue. I'm involved with various uh, nonprofits and charities that I help fundraise um, for, you know, officers of the fallen. It started with deputy Joshua Myers in, um, in Fernandina or sorry, in uh, Nassau County, Florida. Um, and, you know, I help raise money for those, for people who lose their lives defending our country. Cause you know, you might not think they're defending our country, but they're on the front lines of keeping us a free country for the most part and, you know, keeping it safe. Because if you have to fear going outside and getting shot all the time, you don't really live in a free country. Um, and so I, and so I, I, I was talking about Uvalde on my Facebook page cause Twitter took me down and I, uh, I said something along the lines of, you know, I, uh, the cops should have went in. Every cop I talked to, everything they said, no, the, the immediately you go in as soon as you can. As soon as, as soon as you get there, you go. Because, you know, I guess the, the person, the shooter shot at the, uh, shot at the cops and then the cops took cover, which initially makes sense. But you got to factor in this. The cops have, for the most part, bulletproof vests. They have rifles, they have guns, they have handguns, they have shotguns, they have all this. But what they don't have, or what the kids don't have, are any of that. The kids are in their sitting ducks. They, the kids called 911 time after time saying, come get us. They, you know, the cops said that they didn't think it was an active shooting. And they, the co- they were calling saying, please, he's looking, come, please, hurry, go. And everyone I talked to said, you go immediately. And then I, I'm guessing uh, that they called it, they called it a tactical unit, like a SWAT unit. And then from the time that the SWAT unit got there, it was uh, 20, 25 minutes, I believe, um, in between. And they just absolutely, they were having a fight as to who was in charge. Who, who was in charge? Which ultimately does not matter. Which ultimately does not matter because what matters is saving the kids. You can argue about the paperwork later. Now, thankfully, most Americans put the blame in the right places, mental health, family problems, social media. If only our elected representatives would follow suit instead of exploiting tragedies and try to take our rights away. I mean, I saw something in, um, in the news this morning on CBS. There's a, quote, bipartisan discussion on red flag laws make progress as Senator Lindsey Graham and Richard Blumenthal revised gun control proposal. Republican Senator Lindsey Graham of South Carolina and Democratic Senator Richard Blumenthal of Connecticut are making progress as they hammer out details of revised red flag legislation that they hope can win sufficient GOP support to overcome a filibuster in the Senate, according to four people familiar with the discussions who are not authorized to speak publicly. If, I'll tell you this, if any GOP senator votes for red flag gun laws, they should be primaried immediately. Graham and Blumenthal later confirmed in statements to CBS News that their discussions are making progress. In recent days, the two have been f- having frequent phone calls and have been working closely together to review a quote, red flag bill they co-sponsored in 2019, making revisions that they can enable a similar tweaked proposal to win wide, win wide support in the divided Senate, the four people told CBS. At this stage, the updated, their updated proposal will focus on establishing federal grants for states to create or bolster red flag laws. Now, a red flag law, in most instances, enables law enforcement officials to temporarily seize firearms for individuals who are seen as a threat to themselves or other people if given a court order to do so. The remaining challenge for Graham and Blumenthal is crafting legislative language on due process and judicial review that does not push wary Republicans away while also not appearing overly soft on their initial bill and frustrating Democrats. Now, I want to get into something. Um, Red flag laws 
in theory, are a good idea. In th- that person's you know, been making posts. They want to kill themselves. They want to hurt their wife. Yeah, no, they should probably shouldn't be able to have a gun, right? That, in theory, right? FISA courts made sense in theory. FISA courts made sense in theory. We'll get into in just a little bit about what happened in the 2016 campaign. We'll get into in a little bit what happened there, but they used the FISA courts and able to spy on a U.S. citizen presidential campaign. And the reason things like red flag laws and things like the FISA courts will ultimately, for the most part, they will use for good. For the most part, right? Most of the people who report people as, you know, hey, this person probably shouldn't have a gun. Probably good. Like, if I were to ever report somebody, it would probably be because I genuinely think, hey, this person could be a danger. However, I do not support red flag gun laws. And let me tell you why. There is no instance in which you can go and defend yourself. For instance, let's say I go through a really bad breakup with my girlfriend and she just really wants to get back at me and I'm sad because I just got broken up with or whatever it was. And she wants to get back at me. She'd call call a judge or she'd call, I guess, the cops or a judge or whatever and be like, yeah, Noah, he's been making, you know, he's been talking for a while that he just, you know, he hears voices and he wants to hurt people. And typically what happens with this case is that they take guns away and then you have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt you can have them back. Not how it should be. Nobody on the right thinks that people who should not be able to have guns should have guns. Nobody. In fact, it's the people on the right who own guns who want there to be an overwhelming need or an overwhelming, uh, you know, well-armed, well-formulated, you know, good population. They want people who own guns to be good. Like, for instance, people, you know, on the left say, oh, hunters are the problem when it comes to uh, keeping, you know, uh, populations alive, keeping all this stuff alive. In reality, hunters are the most conservative people. They're the ones who want, and what I mean by that is not necessarily they vote Republican, even though I think they overwhelmingly do, is that they, they want the population to stay. They don't, they hate poachers. Now, I want to get into a, a post made by a Facebook friend. Um, we'll call him Carter, because that's his name. I won't say his last name, because then you get into, you know, legality problems. Um, this guy named Carter put on Facebook, quote, 169 children, 169 siblings. 169 grandchildren, 169 nieces and nephews. 169 is the number of students killed from Columbine to Rob, which was the Uvalde shooting. We're not going to take away your guns. We're not going to arm our teachers. Most of all, we're not going to stand by and let more innocent lives be taken. This is what we're going to do. We're going to raise the age for gun purchases. We're going to ban high-capacity magazines and bump stocks. We're going to implement universal background checks and red flag laws. Call your representatives and your senators and let's ensure no more lives are taken. All right. Carter. So a little bit about Carter. Um, Carter calls himself a Republican. However, posts like this make you seem, I'm 95% sure he led an effort called Republicans for Biden in Georgia. I could be wrong about that. I'm going to fact check that. It's not Republican to want to take guns away. Um... Let me let me fact check that. Um, I and, and the real reason why, and we'll get to it in just a little bit, is that you'll never. Hold on, you'll never 
there will never be an end. There will never be an end. I, I can't I can't verify that, so let's just assume he didn't. But I, I was pretty sure that he was um he was involved with that at one point or another. I remember hearing about it. Um it's never gonna end. Now let's let's do the thing. They want to ban these, you know, assault rifles, they want to ban this, they want red flag laws. One of the worst school shootings in American history was Columbine. And it, you might ask, was done with shotguns and handguns. It was done with shotguns and handguns. We need to get a break here soon, but it was done with shotguns and handguns. Now, a little over a year ago, Canada announced um, that they would be that they would be banning the AR-15 from being sold um, in Canada, and I think they even did a gun buyback. Now, and I didn't have this cord plugged in, so bear with me. Now, Canada has just announced that there will be no more handguns. There will be no more handguns sold in the United States, or in Canada, sorry. They can't, well, I mean, Biden had his way. There wouldn't be any handguns sold. To, now, we're going to get to a break. When we come back, I'll play this clip, and we'll talk about it. I am proud to be sponsored by Doing Well Daily. Doing Well Daily is everything you need to be productive in the new year. Look, do you have a college student that you need to buy for? Maybe even a loved one who always is unorganized. Doing Well Daily created a journal, daybook, whatever you want to call it, specifically for you. Look, I've been prone to this to start something, to start uh, a planner. I've probably bought dozens of planners in my life, but when I got my Doing Well Daily daybook in the mail, I knew something was different. It feels authentic. It feels high quality for a low cost. Go over to doingwelldaily.com and show support. They're a small uh, business owned and operated right out of Atlanta, Georgia. They're not some mega, mega corporation. They don't ship on Amazon, but they do ship by hand. That is doingwelldaily.com. Whenever you can find a business that will support a conservative podcast and influencer like myself, make sure you support them, doingwelldaily.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That if we do not take... We need only look south of the border to know that if we do not take action firmly and rapidly, it gets worse and worse and more difficult to counter. We cannot let the guns debate become so polarized that nothing gets done. We cannot let that happen in our country. So there you have um, definitely not Fidel Castro's son, uh, Justin Trudeau, who is a lot of things, but smart is not one of them, um, who he is supporting. He, banned, he said, we want to ban, they're banning the sale of handguns. 
because in the, these type of things, like a person like Justin Trudeau, he has pretty much almost unanimous say over the parliament. Um, we can't let it happen, and it won't happen here, quite frankly. Um, now, I want to get to this. So th- the media admits that Dominion voting, voting machines are, quote, vulnerable to hacking. Huh. Who'd, who who saw that coming? Now, if you'd have said vote, Dominion voting machines were an election security threat 18 months ago, you'd be called a conspiracy nut and have your Twitter account banned. But today, the nation's leading cybersecurity agency is warning of vulnerabilities as we head into the 2022 midterm elections. The headline reads, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, CISA, KISA, whatever it's called, is warning that Dominion electronic voting machines, which are used in at least 16 states, have software vulnerabilities that leave them open to hacking. They were used in all the swing states. Let's get into the weeds. This advisory report is written by the University of Michigan computer scientist J. Alex Halderman, who argues that using electronic voting machines is dangerous because computers are vulnerable to hacking. He says, quote, they are things we should worry we should worry could be exploited by sophisticated attackers such as hostile nation states or by election insiders, and they would carry very serious consequences. He also said attackers could then mark ballots inconsistently with voters' intent, altered rec- recorded votes, or even identify voters' secret ballots. And also, Halderman advocates for using hand-marked paper ballots, saying they're the most secure method of voting. It is. Quite frankly, it is. The politics of this uh, go... This report actually goes out of its way to claim that the machines were not hacked during the 2020 election. Interesting. But at the same time, it condemns the 16 states where they're used, claiming they are not doing enough to protect from vulnerabilities. Now, back in 2019, Democratic Senator, Socialist Senator, I really should say, Elizabeth Warren was leading a group of lawmakers raising alarm bells about electronic voting machines. She claimed that they were, quote, less secure than your Amazon account. But during the 2020 election, it was no longer in vogue to make those claims. So the timeline on this is, if you want to know, in 2019, electronic voting, not not secure. No, terrible. In 2018, actually, I believe Stacey Abrams said that, that, that they're the reason she lost. No, I thought it was voter suppression. Sorry. She actually claimed voter suppression when we had the highest voter turnout in a primary ever. And then, the, and then the, I'm getting off track here. And then she went as far as to say um, the real voter suppression will come in November. Interesting. 2020, the most secure election in world history, in ever, anywhere. Most secure election anywhere. And in 2022, electronic voting is not secure. Listen, I I think that eventually, most likely, we'll be voting on our phones, like, down the line. Down the line. But I don't know. I, I'm not opposed to going to paper ballots. Um, but, of course, people don't listen to me because I'm a, I'm a radical extremist from southeast Georgia. Now, Beto has... <laughs> this, is a, this is a good one. Beto's fantasized about running over children. On Beto O'Rourke's website, he advocates, quote, for an effective red flag law system to prevent gun violence, but based on Beto's own high school writings, he would likely be flagged himself, which is funny because he's, like, made a video once of him shooting a gun and it did not look like he knew how to shoot um, guns. When Beto, whose real name is Robert Francis O'Rourke, was 15, he wrote a short fiction where he fantasized about running over children with his car. Here's an ex- excerpt from the mind of Robert. One day... As I was driving home from work, I noticed two children were crossing the street. They were happy, happy to be free from their troubles. I knew, however, that this happiness and sense of freedom were much too overwhelming for them. This happiness was mine by right. I'd earned it in my dreams. As I neared the young ones, I put all my weight on my right foot, keeping the accelerator pedal 
on the floor until I heard the crashing of the two children on the hood and then a sharp cry of pain from one of the two. I was so fascinated for a moment. Then when I had stopped my vehicle, I just sat in a daze, sweet visions filling my head. What kind of sick and sadistic thing? Like, for instance, right? If you heard that, like, I would not be surprised if, like, what was his name? Sandman? No, not, no, not Sandman. Um, God, who's the guy? The Parkland guy. If, like, you heard, if that, if there's like, oh, this is what the, park, the Parkland guy wrote, you'd be saying, why didn't somebody stop him before? Like, the, the writing was on the wall. Or this Uvalde guy, if he would have wrote this in a journal. Why didn't you stop him before? The writing was on the wall. This guy was a congressman, not a good one. Ran for the Senate, lost. Ran for president, lost. Is running for governor, he's going to lose. And he's able to say this. Maybe, maybe the reason he wants to ban guns so much is because he's not mentally capable of owning a gun because he's crazy as well. Hey, that might be it. You know, you never know. Um, now, Michael Sussman, this was what everybody wanted me to talk about. Sussman uh, was found not guilty of charge brought by Special Prosecutor John Durham, which is really interesting because I remember, like, when the when Durham, like, was, like, when he, when he started doing his special investigation – he was, like, the biggest enemy of, like, Republicans because a, a lot of Republicans were like, oh, he's, you know, looking into this and that and whatever. Um, and then as it turns... No, 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 sorry. I was thinking something else. Never mind. I take that back. Um, the jury on Tuesday found Michael Sussman not guilty of making a false statement to the FBI in September 2016, which is a terrible decision, when he said he was not working on behalf of any client when he brought the information alleging a covert communication channel between the Trump Organization and Russia's Alpha Bank. After a two-week trial and more than a day of deliberations, the jury found special counsel John Durham's team had not proven beyond a reasonable doubt that Sussman's statement was a lie and that he was, in fact, working on behalf of Hillary Clinton's presidential campaign at technology executive jo- Rodney Joff when he brought two thumb drives and a white paper alleging a Trump-Russia connection. Sussman, however, was charged with one count of making a false statement to the FBI during his meeting with then general with then FBI general counsel James Baker on September 19th, 2016. In remarks following the verdict, Sussman said that they had been fa- that he had been falsely accused, saying, quote, I told the truth to the FBI, and the jury clearly recognized this is a unanimous verdict today. He said, quote, I'm grateful to the members of the jury for their careful and thoughtful service. Despite being falsely accused, I believe that the justice system ultimately prevailed in my case. As you can imagine, this has been a difficult year for my family and me. Right now, we are grateful for the love and support of so many during this ordeal. Now, I guess um, I was listening to uh, something this morning, and it basically one of the big reasons why he got off was because the uh, there's a certain of a statute of limitations to this, I guess, and a lot of the evidence had passed the statute of limitations, so it could be apparently there were some text messages. That would have necess- that would have basically tied, um, that would have basically tied the uh, tied all this together. Um, but I guess since he had already uh, the statute of limitations had passed, they couldn't do it. And another thing, which was really weird, was that it, the jury basically kind of ruled in a sense that, okay, did he make a false statement? Yeah, probably, but. The FBI wasn't fooled by that, which I guess is like, okay, it's like if somebody like wants to rob a store and like they try to and they fail, it's like, well, we can't find them guilty of burglary, which it's like, but they still like committed a crime, 
so it's like an interesting, I, I don't know. I mean, obviously I think it's pretty well clear that he did, you know, lie to the FBI. It's pretty well known. But one of the big problems was that like Washington DC where this trial was held, like some vote something like 85% democratic, like over, overwhelmingly democratic. And, you know, it's just kind of really hard to, you know, beat that when it's overwhelmingly democratic, um, you know, because there's an, and, and another, there was like a juror who found out after it started, apparently, which I don't know how you find this out, that her daughter played on the same soccer team as Sussman's daughter. And it's like, there's only a few ways to kind of figure that out. One of which is to talk to your kid about the case, which you're not allowed to talk to anybody about the case. I don't even really think you're allowed to talk to other jurors outside of your deliberations. So there's that. And so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, what do you really expect to happen? You know, he's Democrat, Democratic district. I mean, now if this would have happened, you know, in like the South, the Southern district of Georgia, the guy probably would have been found guilty. But because it happened in, you know, super liberal DC, he walks free. And that's, it's really a shame, but there's not much we can do. But uh, we'll be right back after this. I need you to head over to built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T.com. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. These last couple of months, I have been working out more than I can tell you. I've been trying to get my beach body ready. That way I can look good on the beach next year or just in general. And I think you and I could always benefit from more protein. That is why I was ecstatic when Built.com reached out to me and offered to sponsor this show. They sent me a bunch of free merchandise and a bunch of free protein bars. And I must tell you, even though they were free, which is my favorite type of protein bar, they were delicious. They all I eat, even if they quit sponsoring the show, they will be all that I eat. My favorite bar is probably the double chocolate. However, the coconut marshmallow is a new bar. Delicious. Blueberry muffin. Delicious. Mint brownie. Delicious. So I need you to head on over to built.com. And when you do, you're going to need to put in the code let freedom ring. That's L E T F R E E D O M R I N G dot com. When you do that, you will get 12% off your order. Again, built.com, B U I L T.com, promo code let freedom ring. They're a good company that definitely all of this stuff is stuff that I would recommend to my friends and family. In fact, I do. So make sure you go over and give them a try. So. The White House is out on, like, overtime trying to make sure that you and I know, which we already know, that Biden, well, we know that Biden is the is to blame for inflation. They want us to know that they're not, that he's not to blame, which is interesting in and of its own. Um, so, uh, via Fox Business, White House denies Biden is at fault for inflation. Officials argued that an expected move by Biden to forgive student debt would only barely raise inflation. Um, the White House Tuesday declined to say that President Biden's policies are responsible for the high inflation that has materialized under his watch. The comments were made by National Executive Council Director Brian Deese and White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, Karine Jean-Pierre, after the White House last year predicted inflation would be transitory. Now Americans face some of the highest inflation in 40 years. His policy 
has helped the economy get back on its feet. That's what his policy has. His policy has done. Jean Pierre said in response to a question from News, uh, Peter Ducey about uh, if Biden takes any responsibility for inflation. When we he, when we talk about the gas prices right now, this is indeed Putin's price hike, which we've been saying that for months. We've seen about a sixty percent increase over the past several months of the amassing and his invasion of re- Ukraine. Uh, Dees argued that an expected move by the president to forgive student loan debt would make quite quote quite a small contribution to inflation. Jean Pierre also touted economic growth since Biden assumed office at the tail end of COVID nineteen pandemic last year and said Biden is quote frustrated about what the American people have to go through with inflation. Well, maybe he should find a way to put Trump back in office. Quite frankly. Uh, the press secretary's comments come as Republicans aggressively attack Biden for the historically high inflation voters are facing. They say $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan and stimulus plan signed into law last year is significantly contributing, is significantly contributing to the influ- uh, inflation rate, which is probably true, uh, that it is. Um, Republicans and many economic analysts also say if the president forgives student loan debt, as he's rumored to be doing so, that will further feed inflation. These pushback against that argument Tuesday, saying, quote, the economic impact of any proposal would be across the course of years or a couple of decades, these told reporters at the White House. And so the impact on inflation in the near term is likely quite to be small because the president hasn't made a decision. We're not talking about a specific plan. I won't speculate specifically, but I think most of the impact would be pretty small. These also declined to comment to confirm reports that Biden is planning to cancel up to 10 grand in student debt per borrower saying Biden, quote, hasn't made any decision on the policy. He's also said that the people who have student loan debt are, quote, struggling economically, which you know, can be true but isn't necessarily true. As experts, including Committee for a Responsible Federal Budget, President Maya McGinnis, says forgiving student loan debt would inject a massive amount of money into the economy while saddling taxpayers with the bill. Full debt cancellation would be a massive handout to rich doctors and lawyers, would worsen our inflation crisis, and would cost almost as much as the 2017 tax hikes. Now, Here's the interesting thing. Well, hold on. Let's finish her statement. Even partial debt can- cancellation would be costly, regressive, and inflationary. She continued, forgiving 10 grand per person of debt would cost as much as universal pre-K or full extension of the American uh, Amer- Affordable Care Act, sorry, subsidies. Now, uh, here's the in- ish- interesting thing is that when it comes to certain things, like I'm against bailouts pretty much all the time, right? But, like, let's look at the bailout of the banks. When we bailed out the big banks and, you know, it didn't even go to the workers. It went to, like, the top people at the banks. Obviously pretty much against that. But here's one of the things, and I guess this is why people call me a populist, is I would prefer if bailouts went directly to the American people rather than, you know, assuming a corporation will do it, right? Um, And what I mean by that is, so let's say that, let's say that it's, what was it 2010 when they did the bailout? Somewhere in there. Let's say like, okay, let's say it was just like $2 trillion. And let's say that you could, back then you could wipe student loan debt out for $2 trillion. Um, I, and I don't, again, I don't know how much exactly it was. Uh, let's, I would much rather that money, that $2 trillion, go to student loan borrowers, individuals and stuff like that and find a way to give money to just regular Americans than split up between, you know, hoping corporations would do it. I mean, there was some number that all the money spent for COVID stimulus, whatever, if divided up between every person, you know, equally, and obviously it wouldn't go to every person because, you know, you don't, why send Bill Gates money? Um, 
that that person that each person would have got like what was it twenty thirty thousand dollars um which i think you know you know if, if if we had to have the stimulus i think of the great way to beat uh, that would have been able to beat the, uh, the the COVID really early on, even though COVID is way overdrawn and way, pretty much almost non-existent, um, especially now. One way that we could have done that is somewhere, you know, basically just kind of like incentivizing people who didn't have, like, you know, kind of like incentivizing people to stay home for like two weeks. Now, obviously, it's just so hard to do that, especially in small communities. But just like... Encouraging people to stay home, you know, say we'll pay, you know, we'll pay everybody for two weeks. But the problem is, like, people don't have two weeks worth of food. Um, you stay home as much as possible. But I would much rather. So, like, and then again, this makes me a populist, right? But we give, like, how much money? Hold on. How much money does U.S. give to our troops in foreign wars? Because I want to get this number right. Um, in the fiscal year of 2020, foreign, foreign aid totaled $51 billion, okay? $51 billion. And I, I, I've, I have, um, so uh, a first dollar tuition fee program would cost $58 billion. The year it's implemented, um, over an 11-year time frame, the first dollar tuition program would be $800 billion. Um, the last dollar... Anyway, I'm not exactly sure the um, so about fifty billion per year in foreign aid, but it costs about fifty billion dollars a year to have public free colleges and universities, uh, public obviously, and uh, if they were free, you know, private would come down. Now here's here's the point that I'm making, and I'm not saying that I want this to happen. Um, like I just think we should cut foreign aid and just be like we're done. You don't get foreign aid, but if we I would I would be in favor of taking that money that we give to other countries and putting it um and you know putting it back and making colleges and trade schools and all this tuition free. And let me tell you why. Because a well-informed population is, you know, it, it's better long term. I mean, we got a lot of dumb people in America. I mean, yeah, half of them pretty much all the Democrats. And then, you know, there are Republicans who are not smart. Um, I go to school with a lot of them. So there, there was one person actually in class asked if brown cows make chocolate milk. And I go, guys, we go to UGA. You should know that. That is not true. Um, again, I'm not out here proposing that we should just 100% across the board. You know, everything is free. That's a, you know, a big government. But to a certain extent, I do think that long term we would benefit from a more educated population and I mean, yeah, there are a bunch of young people who are straddled with debt, but the average person who has debt has like 20 grand of debt. And the average person who has like a lot of debt, typically like most of the debt are held by like 1% and they're all like lawyers and doctors and this and that. And it's going to pay off. Ultimately, it'll pay off. So I don't know. I, I personally think that we need to rein it in because, you know, one less than 1% of the federal budget is obviously small now because of, or big now because of spending a bunch of money on COVID and whatever. But um, I, I do think we need to find a way to rein in federal spending, but I, I'm not necessarily opposed to an idea of free college, free trade school and all that, and, you know, starting, you know, because high school education just really won't cut it anymore if you want to be uber successful. Obviously, obviously, 
there are exceptions. Um, but you need to go to a trade school. You need to get a specialty. And a big problem we're having right now is trades. Um, and I know the state of Georgia has really good trade schools through our technical colleges. Um, and the state of Georgia actually does it quite well to where if you graduate with like a 3.0, you get pretty much college for pretty much free if you stay at home. I, I did my first two years at the College Coast of Georgia. And, I mean, it, it was basically free once I got my uh, my, my scholarship and then um, a couple of other alternative scholarships. So we do, we do need to find a way to incentivize it and obviously, you know, tell kids, like, hey, it's not free if you are just getting Ds in every class. But uh, that is it for the podcast version. Um, make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you give us a five-star rating so we can grow. We are quickly becoming one of the fastest-growing college conservative podcasts in the country. Couldn't do it without you. Make sure you share it. Make sure you leave a five-star review. Seriously, do make sure you share it, though, because I tell you what, we are growing more and more every day. And if you share it with one person, if everybody listening shares it with one person, we'll double. And if all those people share with, if and you share with one more other person, they share it, we'll double again. And we'll just keep doubling. We'll grow. And, uh, yeah, so go ahead. If you have any questions, as always, you can email me, 912, or sorry, you can email me, noah at noahring.org. Have a blessed one. I'll see you guys back here tomorrow. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money.